Kia ora and welcome to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Rose. I'm a trauma recovery coach and founder of No New Things and Ritual, my online programs that transform your inner world. Season two of the podcast is all about the new paradigm of leadership. I've called in some pretty extraordinary millennials to chat this through esoteric, philosophical, spiritual, indigenous, and creative lenses to shift your mindset. Let's go. and welcome back to the Take Your Meds podcast. I am so excited and equally nervous to be sitting down with Hella Weston today. Um, this episode feels like a heart exploration and it's such a privilege and honor to have you here, Hella. Thank you so much. Hella is the founder, co-founder of Awaken Breathwork and um, Intuitive Impact Mastermind. I was lucky enough to work with Hella last year through the mastermind, and I'm currently in training to be a breathwork facilitator with the Awaken training. Um, The reason why I wanted to bring Hella onto the podcast is because there is something so remarkable about the way that Hella has developed her intuitive abilities and the way that she can hold a space as a facilitator or co-create a space with people to um, create moments for really deeply profound transformative healing from the inside out. What I've been really moved by with Hella is her ability to um, decenter herself from other people's experiences and their own awakenings. So um, it's such a privilege and an honor to have you here, Hella. Thank you so much. Um, Before we dive into these two quotes that I've got here, I just wanted to see if you wanted to introduce yourself in any other way and just speak into what's alive for you right now. Thank you so much, Gemma. I'm so excited that we get to connect and share in this way. And I've loved seeing your podcast come to life and now to be here. It's really sweet to celebrate you and to contribute a little bit of the good juju to what's being shared through this podcast and through your beautiful work. So I don't really have much else to add. I'm sure there will be lots of little sprinkles along the way through this conversation that I add in about my story and my my personal world and what I'm up to. But thank you for the way that you introduced me. And yeah, I'm excited to dive in. Yay. Okay, magic. Let's go there. Lots of sprinkles. Yes, let's go there. (laughs) All the sprinkles. All the sprinkles. Yes. So um, before we kind of dive into the new paradigm of leadership, which is the theme of this season, um, there were two things that came to me before this episode. One was this beautiful card um, with potential from the Mystical Wisdom deck. And it's all about thinking big of our future. So I would love to be able to kind of read and share what's come through there. Alongside, um, I have been reading The Artist's Way after you shared that on Instagram. And there was a quote in here on page 177. um, And these two just kind of linked together beautifully this morning in preparation for coming into this um, space. So I'll start with the artist way quote. It says on page 177, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the best, you very often get it. And this whole page within the book is all around, you know, my, my felt senses around how we set boundaries and, and create high standards for ourselves. And then the card being around potential and kind of moving into the future 
Um, I just want to read the words from that and would really love to, from your point of view, hear what resonates and what you see as the bridge between these two spaces of like really um, deciding more for ourselves and then going for something bigger than what is. So the words from this card here, your creative and mental powers carry great potential. Your plans to expand your horizons are underway and everything is progressing steadily. Think and plan outside your limitations and remain open-minded as there are more possibilities and opportunities than you can see at this point. This could be a study, a business venture or travel. Be ready to take on the challenge with the think big attitude. Empower yourself with more development and self-exploration. And the mantra is my visions and goals take me beyond my current limitations. So I was curious I to see that. what's alive <laughs> for you with these two beautiful invitations as we start this episode. Well, of course, these are the cards that you pulled because we are both so connected and in reverence of intuition and willing to open a space to be guided without a roadmap, without a clear plan coming from the mind about what we're going to talk about. And mm. I just absolutely love that. This is the topic that's really been so alive for me at the moment. And something that I've actually been reflecting on today is all of what you just shared, really standards, boundaries, potential, the goals and dreams that we may have at one stage of life and how they change and honoring the process of that because who I was 10 years ago or five years ago, that person had very different goals and aspirations and even ideas about what was realistic to what I have today. And I think sometimes we can get super overwhelmed and shut down our ability to dream into those potentials for our life based mm -hmm. on the fact that things don't feel possible or feasible or immediately accessible right where we're at but it is a process and if you can dream a little bigger than where you are then that dream will continue to grow with you year by year and you will find yourself expanding into things that you never believed that you could you know at one stage of your life so ready to dive in I love this topic yes oh my gosh I love that so much and what I what I've been reflecting on um, more recently around this is just kind of like this um, mental health paradigm that I have existed in over the last kind of 12 years getting a clinical diagnosis mm -hmm. at 18 with bipolar and schizophrenia and how things like you know, living independently or having a job were once impossible dreams. And to then look at even in the last five years of becoming a mother and building a youth development charity or achieving things that just were like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> like how? Exactly. <laughs> um, and that's really present and alive for me right now is really like, okay, like, can I be really connected and present to where I am now? And from this place of grounding, where am I going? Like what, what can be possible from here knowing that I'm here, you know? And I think mm. sometimes I definitely like, I'm like, there's a part of me that will come up that was from then that thinks that we're still there. But I'm right. curious, like from this place now where you are, what, what have you noticed about 
what it takes to be able to really ground into where you are to really expand and open up the window or the possibility into what's next. What does that mm. look like and feel like for you? Mm. Well, I think the biggest thing for me that I've noticed over the last maybe year, two years, three years, it sort of creeps up on you, right? So I don't know the exact time frame, but I've noticed that my mindset around dreaming and goal setting has shifted from feeling very dreamy and kind of imagination based into much more of a practical exploration about how that could actually happen. Something that I do think is important to say is I always share, don't get too caught up on the how, but the distinction that I want to make here is that if you believe that the how can be figured out, then you can play in that realm a little more freely. Mm. Whereas years ago, I didn't even think there was a how. In my mind, there was a lot of belief systems like there is no way, that would be impossible. The thing that I want is way out of reach. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. All mm. of those limited and linear blocks that would redirect me to focus on something else. Whereas now when I'm dreaming, I'm more likely to go into, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, how would I do that? Or what would be the next step? Mm. Which feels like a really fun place to be. Right. Yes. I love that. That's like in this new space of like actually from a knowing and felt sense that it is possible. Exactly. Different playground. Exactly. It's what was shared in the card is so accurate. And also in the book, I absolutely love the artist way. Shout out to Julia Cameron. And this idea that so often it's the ones who are daring to dream mm. and thinking in a bold way and willing to have a go that actually experience a wild, extraordinary life where you go, how do they do that? How are they so lucky? Well, they were bold enough to have a go and mm. to entertain the possibility that it could potentially happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this. And there's a part that's alive right now, which is like the nervous system in that. Mm. Like, I feel like there's been many times over the years for me personally, where it's like, I have always had this kind of naivety within me where I feel like, and, and I think it is, is because of the way in which my parents raised me, but this like, if you work hard, you can do anything. And um, I think I've applied that without the nervous system regulation over the years. And it has meant that there's been other beliefs that have been created, which is like, no, like that, that isn't the formula. And I think as I'm in this place of like deeper grounding and presence within myself and the moment mm -hmm. that I can see that there is a really strong connection between my ability to regulate my nervous system, as well as my ability to be a container or have the capacity for or be a conduit with for something so much greater than what is here now. And I would love to hear your take on that, like when with this grounding of like, yes, it's possible. What does it look like to also 
be in the body and expand spend your capacity to be able to hold new and different things oh I love this thank you for bringing this up it's so important and I don't know if you can hear me right here right now that there are some planes and things going off it's LA life so can't do anything about that but <laughs> so good. the the nervous system and calibrating is really the word that I would use to describe the process of allowing the reg- the nervous system to regulate and to feel safe to step into the next version of yourself it's so important it's not spoken about enough and I think it's a really important piece for anyone who's interested in manifestation to look at I mean not just manifestation because that's one school of thought but goal setting as well manifestation is my frame that I am interested in playing in Mm. Um, but ultimately if we don't feel safe to bring something into our life to attract it to create it to be a part of something then the subconscious which includes the body will find ways most likely to push it away and we'll go into these coping strategies we'll go into some little subtle forms of self-sabotage we'll go into stress a stress response and we won't be able to house these experiences ultimately I, I what I think of is we are all conducting energy that's what the nervous system is there for it's there to send information throughout the body mind system right and so as we conduct information light and energy we also need to gradually expand our capacity to be with bigger energy in order to create bigger experiences in our lives so for many of us, we have a limited capacity, right? We're not comfortable being the center of attention and having a lot of eyes on us. We're not, we're not feeling comfortable or safe in having a criticism, having people trolling or hating online. We don't feel safe being the odd one out who's doing something bigger or bolder than the group that we've been brought up in or the family that we've come from. And I remember for a long time, I heard this idea that people are more afraid of success than they are of failure. And I, it, it didn't really click with me. I was like, no, 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 I'm not afraid of success. Success is great. Why would you not want that? But over the years, I have come to understand that I think success and failure are a, more of a package because to succeed, you need to fail. And the process of vulnerably putting yourself out there is what I was saying earlier. It's opening yourself up to feel and conduct a lot more energy. And that includes having more responsibility, having more eyes on you and so on. Mm. And this is where the nervous system starts to feel or, or become dysregulated for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we start to do these funny things, like I was saying, you know, self-sabotaging, because once that energy starts to build, it starts to feel like too much, like it's all happening too fast, like it's not possible, like we're not ready for it. And so we go into these responses, which, I mean, I'm speaking to the choir here, but there are people who perhaps don't understand some of the things that we're aware of, right, through, say, we've been speaking about this recently in the Awakened Breathwork training. Mm-hmm. The stress responses that human beings go into when they don't feel safe. Some people may, their default may be to run away. 
when their goal comes along, like uh, the classic example here that I'll give is let's say someone's been manifesting um, or calling in a partnership. They want to call in the soulmate partnership. And when that person comes along, if the nervous system is not regulated and conditioned to be with the heightened emotions that are inevitably going to come with meeting your soulmate, like it's going to be thrilling, terrifying, overwhelming. You're going to feel more alive than ever. There's going to be moments where you feel like you're going to throw up and pass out because it's big, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that much energy involved in an experience that is so thrilling and feels so dreamy and right some people will go into a flight response and so they run away they don't text back they're like I said I was going to go on a date but now I I can't deal with it I'm just not going to look at my texts I'm not going to answer my calls and may even end up ghosting the person that they were so excited about connecting with that's one example. Some people go into these freezes where they just lock up and become like deer in the headlights. So they could go on the date with this person that they think is so incredible and brain blank and kind of bomb the date, right? Where they're like, they're not coming across as the beautiful, charismatic, amazing individual that they truly are because of all of this fear mm. and the dysregulation that's going on inside. Mm. You know, I, I could go on and on about this, but mm-hmm. by understanding the way that our systems are responding to big energies, emotions, and sensations, mm. we can understand a lot more about how we may respond when more of our goals actually start to manifest. And by doing this inner work, we can actually prepare ourselves so that when it shows up, we're not pushing it away or creating bad juju when we really actually want it to work out and Mm -hmm. yeah then we get to lean in and then there'll be another level that we get to calibrate to and do the inner work to condition ourselves to be able to house that energy and on and Mm -hmm. on it goes oh I love this so much I love thank you so much for sharing that really like tangible application of those stress responses too Um, it's been so interesting dating for me personally after being in a long-term relationship of 11 years and just noticing, you know, like, is my nervous system actually ready for this and getting those cues pretty quickly um, to be like, actually, no, I've got more work to do here to really regulate my own system and find deeper safety within so that I can be so authentic in the present moment and, you know, like, that's work that I get to do, you know, and, and it's so great to have exactly. the education and the insight. Yeah. It's life-changing because then it's like, really I can life actually changing. <laughs> I really just want to highlight that and reflect that back to you. You can do something about it because right. many, many people who experience overwhelm in the face of things that they actually want go into, there's something wrong with me. Mm. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I sh- just shouldn't date maybe I'm not ready. Like, why am I doing this? Yada, yada, yada. Maybe there's no good people out there. Right. You can do something about it and experience a shift that will be reflected to you in the outside. Yes. I love this. And I feel like for me personally, breathwork has just been so powerful for those shifts. And there's so, I feel like I've spent so much time trying to like intellectualize or like reflect or 
make sense of or create stories up about, you know, whatever. And I just feel like the more that I accept the, the reality that I don't know and just surrender to the intelligence of my own mind-body system to recalibrate, the more that I notice on the other side of those breathwork journeys is just like new felt sense of perspective and truth that was so like not logical for me to access <laughs> which is just so beautiful and profound so it's like you know so so incredible to be able to do that work around the beliefs and the stories that I'm telling myself and then the next evolution for me has been really more about body being in the body supporting the body to release those um, those energies or those unprocessed emotions and that that is something that I am gifting myself and so yeah I just feel like there's something so powerful about breath work with the person outside of you being decentered from the experience and you yourself really supporting your own journey and then those new insights coming from within rather than someone you know um having this actual or perceived power dynamic with you so that's yeah, so just... important and how many of us have had experiences of feeling like there's work that we want to do on ourselves or there's a shift that we're looking for and maybe we go a traditional therapy route maybe we go to different holistic modalities and when we're looking outside of ourselves for that click moment, that answer or that penny drop insight to happen without doing the deep inner work to really feel into what's actually there with more of a, a broad, limitless, open mind about it, mm. we can spend years. I find personal development can become like another kind of hamster wheel for a lot of people and you can spend so much money and get so frustrated and just feel like you're jumping from thing to thing to thing and that's what mm. I love so much about breathwork is that it is so holistic mm. and we can truly get to some of the deeper programs the deeper stories and beliefs that are unfolding within a person's system and looping there mm. and then there's this piece that you touched on which is the body and the body is so incredibly overlooked in this process. Mm -hmm. For example, I'll come back to the date analogy for a moment, and then I can give another example. Someone could meet a person who is a really great human being, like a, a wonderful potential to actually keep dating, maybe even foster a relationship with, right? And if a person has baggage if we want to call it that if they have unresolved emotions and belief systems that are still running inside of their system they can be perceiving threats where there are none and mm -hmm. so they can go on a date with a person and be like I don't feel good I don't I just didn't feel good with this person a question that I get all the time is how do I know the difference between my thoughts and my intuition and that, that is a, a big conversation. But another piece that I want to bring in here is what about not just the difference between your thoughts and your intuition, but your thoughts, your intuition, and the signals and cues of your body. 
Mm. Because your signals and cues of your body are sometimes like a gut instinct, right? But other times they're just a stress response of old stuff that you haven't worked through that is clouding your ability to perceive a beautiful, safe opportunity that is right in front of you. Coming away from the dating example for a moment, the same thing could apply with finances. Just another example here. There's countless that we could share. Mm -hmm. Um, With people with asking for a pay rise at work or maybe raising their rates or even it's let's say for a person who has a service-based business offering a service to a client that they feel is kind of intimidating or someone who they believe to be powerful in that moment, if a person hasn't done the work on their nervous system to feel safe in owning what actually feels true and right for them, they may retract. They could avoid mentioning the price altogether. They could Mm. go into some people pleasing kind of fawning response and be like, I'll, I'll just do it for free. It's okay. Mm. And I've even heard stories of people doing things like getting offered a pay rise and then going, oh, no, it's too much, actually. I'm, and they decline the pay rise. And these are all classic examples of where we could have been doing deep inner work to feel safe in the next version of ourselves condition ourselves to feel safe and comfortable in our future that we desire but if that work hasn't been done then like we were saying before when the opportunity shows up we're like no that doesn't fit my identity of myself Mm -hmm. no that doesn't fit my my self-concept my idea of what I'm worthy of what feels safe and comfortable for me and so then the body starts signaling alarm bells and then we're like oh it doesn't feel right so I better not Wow, this is such an important distinction. Thought the difference it between really thoughts, is. intuition, and signals from the body. Like, yes. yeah, just, just so present to like, yes, absolutely incredible to do that mindset work. Um, and also, you know, being able to come into the body and really support the body to process those old patterns is just so key really to manifest what it is that we truly desire. And I'm curious, like what's present right now is like, I think it's you that that um, shared the term of phrase in the mastermind, how we get to renegotiate our reality. And so as we, as we go through those periods where we've come into a new space of access to perhaps something that wasn't there before, And we feel that initiation or invitation coming through again to go and um, be of service or to share or to create or to be in a new way, in a new paradigm. I guess there's that piece of like, yeah, really being present to what those authentic desires or callings are. And then I guess the bit that was there in the artist's way is like renegotiating our reality in a really practical looks like and sounds like way, like this is what I'm available for. This is what I'm not available for. And I'm really curious, like what your take is on how you practically renegotiate your reality as you step into a new dream, potential vision or calling within your life. 
Great question. I love that you brought this up. It's it's so perfect the way the field, the universe just brings these things right around. So that is currently the working title of my book. And I'm sure this interview will live on the internet for a while. And at some stage, someone will find it when the book is out and if all goes to plan, then that will be the title. And if for some reason it changes, then great. But that is oh that God. is the work that I am deep in. So thank you, intuitive queen <laughs> that you are, <laughs> for pulling that one out of the many, many conversations that we've had. Yeah, renegotiating your reality on a practical level. This can look like so many things. I think the, the foundation to start with is to know that you can renegotiate your reality at any point. There is a belief system that many people carry that, and they might not even be conscious of it. Chances are that they're not. But this belief that what you have is what you need to stick with, or that just because you started it now, you need to finish it. Mm-hmm. And you do not have to stick with anything that is no longer true or right for you. Permission to change your mind is a very, very important piece of this process of renegotiating your reality. If you know that you can, if you know that at any stage in your life, you have infinite doors that are available to you that are being presented and you could walk through any one of them, if you so choose, then you get to start tuning in more to how you feel and what you want and what your inner guidance is steering you toward what where you feel most inspired to go next so I think I would just want to start there and I'm sure the listeners you and I as well we can all relate to seeing let's say family members or friends loved ones who don't believe that change is possible Mm. and they're just stuck in their ways repeating the same thing life has become like groundhog day so Mm. we need to know that we can reinvent ourselves and we can renegotiate the terms of any area of our lives, anytime. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not in too deep to something. You're not, not far enough in to make an assessment. If something is truly on your heart and you've done enough work to connect into your inner guidance, mm-hmm. then just go for it. Life is too short not to pivot when your inner guidance is actually wanting you to do that. So This leads me to another um, part of this. When you look back on your life, there will be doors that you closed that if we were to look from a very logical perspective, we could say, oh, you finished that, but you walked out on that before you'd really finished or you left that thing. You know, we have these terms like, oh, that was a failed relationship or you quit or Mm. the business failed it didn't work out all of these terms and or, or biz, uh, friendships like friendships that you had a friendship breakup or whatever and we forget that all things in life are cyclic the fact that we exist right now we are only here for a short amount of time in the bigger scheme of the cosmos right mm. and the same with different seasons of life and different experiences that we're here to have And we create in our minds these stories about how long something should go for in order to be deemed successful or complete. Mm. And that, again, is just a belief. And I find that 
with many things in my life. I've had friendships that are short. I've had friendships that are long. I've had careers that were going really well that I walked away from. Mm -hmm. I've had family members that I love dearly that I need years of space from. And that's all been things that the mind cannot really make sense of in the moment. There'll be judgment. There'll be ridicule. There'll be people saying, I think you're making a mistake. But if it's your truth and you are willing to trust that and charge forward ahead, when you look back with hindsight, it tends to all make sense mm-hmm. and, and become a part of a really beautiful life story of twists and turns and unexpected highs and lows. And I think that's part of what makes life so amazing is the, the seeming randomness of some mm-hmm. things that don't work out in that conventional way, but they really do work out big picture wise. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one part of this. And then another piece that I feel inspired to bring up right now is once you accept that you can renegotiate your reality and you can choose again and change directions in any area, the fact is, as we were speaking about before with nervous system regulation, that when you change, it's not necessarily going to be easy. Mm-hmm. In fact, it can be really scary and uncomfortable. And because our systems are wired to learn things so that we can repeat them and make life more easy and efficient, like we all know how to, um, if you know how to drive a car or you know someone who knows how to drive a car, you know that once you learn, you can just tune out and do it. It's easy. Mm-hmm. And our systems are wired that way to make life easier. The downside of this, though, is that when we become really proficient at repeating certain patterns again and again and again, they become so ingrained in us that they become like our known safe space of existence, right? Mm. And then the nervous system associates these ways of thinking and expressing ourselves and relating to others with safety. So in order to, yeah, in order to break out of that patterning, we are going to have, it's sort of like uh, exposing raw wires Mm -hmm. and like, okay, this is my system and it's all whole and cushy and it feels really good. And I've got my daily habits and I know the way that I like to drive to work and I've got my friends and this is the things that we talk about. And then all of a sudden there's divine intervention that comes through and it's like, no, change of direction. And this relationship's going to change and you're going to start a new career and you're going to have a health challenge and that's going to make you go in this other direction. And all of these seemingly random events start to come in from both the inside and the outside to break apart this fixed state of being. Mm -hmm. Because when we become fixed, we can also become stagnant. And I believe that God source the universe wants to keep our energy in motion and wants to allow life to evolve and express through us in different ways. Mm. And so we're wise to participate with that, right? To be a willing (laughs) participant in this process. And like I was saying, when you are used to being like, everything goes this way. And suddenly you're like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm about to change and go this way. That can feel really raw and scary and like, ah, Mm -hmm. I feel so vulnerable right now. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I feel like I'm, I'm, 
I'm really good at being that person. And now this new version of me, I feel like I'm not good at being her yet. I'm not good at being this version yet. Mm -hmm. I'm still clunky and learning. That's normal. Mm. So becoming friends with the clunkiness and the raw, like exposed nerve, deer in the headlights, hedgehog, (laughs) fully expanded, (laughs) all the discomfort. If you can embrace more of that and go, you know what? Every person who has been living their life to the fullest has gone through this. Mm. Then what that does is it sends a supportive signal through the nervous system that's almost like a, a, a buffer layer that goes, hey, even though you're like, ah, I'm terrified, this is so new, mm-hmm. you're safe mm. and this is normal and you've got this and people have done this before and you're going to get through this mm-hmm. and you could just be with this like a little longer and see how it feels. Mm. Or you could start to look for the learning rather than focusing on all the negatives and the challenges. Mm -hmm. And all of these little things that you do to work with your system and normalize Mm -hmm. the sensations that come along with renegotiating your reality make the biggest difference because then it starts to become more fun and you develop more safety in the unknown. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that was all so fire. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So there's a piece in there around being able to acknowledge and understand like when that identity is being invited to shift and evolve and honoring the discomfort and the awkward, like that speaks so specific into like my last six months, (laughs) like the awkwardness. And I'm a generator, like generator in human design who likes to be masterful at whatever she does. So it's like, I don't even know who I am, let alone how to be masterful at it yet. I just know that the old is no longer or what has been is no longer what's being invited in the here and now in terms of what what's moving through. And so I love that, that like awkwardness of like, am I this, am I that or whatever. Um, And that deep safety that can come in affirming that like, I'm okay, even though this is what's taking place, I am okay. And yeah, I've just found such a, a deep comfort in my own personal journey with this around that observer within like being able to observe just the I am or like to just be and to kind of know for me personally anyways in my own experience that like even though I don't necessarily know exactly who I am becoming or exactly who I am or be or whatever I know that just my being is enough and I know that when I can kind of zoom out of all this like storytelling and everything that's going on and just be the quickest way for me to access that is in nature and to just like come back into that place of like that's actually enough to just to just be there in this discomfort and that's what gives me that signal through the body of like it's okay (laughs) you're okay Um, but I love that share thank you so much and I feel like there's something here really emerging for me around being able to become the observer of those thoughts to develop that connection with that intuition and then to start being able to describe those signals and sensations in the body 
as a strong foundation to be able to renegotiate your reality. Because if you're not even present or alive to what is, that's going to be difficult to renegotiate from, right? Absolutely. And I love that you brought up nature because when it comes to this conversation of the nervous system and and how we do this work to go so deep, to heal and to let more of the things in that we want, it can get a little heady for some people. I know that. Mm -hmm. I know it can get heady for me as well, right? And sometimes we just need to bring it back to basics and remember that this is a part of our nature and we can intellectualize it and put fancy words on it and go into all of the research and all of that. But at the end of the day, I think we all know what it feels like to experience this kind of frenetic, chaotic, very cerebral way of being Mm -hmm. versus relaxing into nature, Mm -hmm. doing things that we know get us out of that analytical mode and more into trust and connection to ourselves and Mm -hmm. um, a more creative, exploratory state of being. And you've heard me talk about this before. I'm not anti-logic. I think the logical mind is very important, but we need to balance that. And I think in this day and age in the Western world, so many people are too reliant on their minds Mm. and forget that it doesn't need to be that complicated. And sometimes it is simple. It is as simple as recognizing that you're in a kind of like a chaotic frequency Mm -hmm. And slowing it down and coming back to the basics, like taking space, going for a walk, relaxing, having more sleep, being in chill, natural settings, doing Mm. those things that slow you down and bring you into more of an organic, harmonic frequency. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. And I feel like my journey around this has been like so uncomfortable to slow because of what was bubbling beneath the surface and just an inability to be resourced to manage that and actually sit with what was there and then by design constantly running from it or fighting it or disconnecting and disassociating from it was like making it worse (laughs) you know Um, That's exactly what it does. And we we've conditioned ourselves to go in these little loops where we're like, oh, I feel uncomfortable sensations. I'm feeling stress. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to go and scroll on my phone or go to the fridge Mm -hmm. and eat some food or do this other thing or go shopping or whatever it is. And all of that is very much like what I was describing. This is the first time I've described it this way, but it is actually resonating. It's like that frequency. Mm when actually what we need in those moments is to return to nature and nature will help us to discharge that overload feeling, that stress Mm. and can support us right in the natural releasing process. So again, it's all of the, the impulses that we have within us through our conditioning to be like, ah, need that thing that I know gives me a dopamine hit and makes me temporarily feel a little bit distracted and distanced from my my underlying pain Mm. to know that that doesn't make it go away. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it is a courageous choice. It does take a bit of willpower initially to go and do the things that 
truly help you discharge that energy and come home to yourself. But in the long run, that's the work that actually does support you in self-regulating and then renegotiating your reality. Yeah, I love that. I feel like there's going to be people listening to this episode being like, yeah, I'm like, I'm totally just out. And I guess Hashtag my, yeah. <laughs> I guess the, the invitation is, I feel like, holy fuck, like you're just describing me, you know, it's like to, to see where that opportunity is for you today or this weekend to go and be in nature. Maybe it's your favorite river or your favorite maunga, your favorite mountain. Maybe it's your favorite ocean to just notice whatever that is and to see if you can create a window for yourself to go and be there and see what can happen with your (laughs) energy and just to let go and surrender and trust that nature has everything, everything Um, within it and I feel like over time you know as I have noticed this relationship with nature too it's like wow like thank you so much for this gift and really invites me to consider the ways that I am in reciprocity with nature am I coming to nature to extract and to help me in my journey you know um, to whatever And I think it's been this really beautiful transition more recently where it's like, what is she also seeking? What is, what, what is here in reciprocity? And I wonder if that's something that is connected with your journey and your story, like what that reciprocity looks like for you with nature. Oh, I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Reciprocity, I feel is something that's so individual. And it's absolutely important to me. And I hope that this will inspire and plant a seed for more people to think about that and explore what your unique version of reciprocating and giving back to our planet is, to nature and so on. For me personally, my contract, if you like, with nature, with Gaia is to listen to her to listen to the energy of our planet and to be an ally so I feel like I'm team earth all the way and I hope that my contribution on this planet can bring people back to their natural connection to both themselves through the breath through their intuition and then also to reverence of nature and to realize that we've we've kind of been going in these distracted tangents way, way far away from something that's right here already. I mean, I'm interested, this is going to sound maybe like a, a little bit of a tangent here, but I have a, a point to it. I'm totally into biohacking and this movement that is growing in popularity on the planet. And I think it's a beautiful way to to create buzz and for people to get excited about health and wellness and to see that there's so many different creative ways that you can biohack your well-being, whether it's through breath work or red light therapy or cold plunging or different devices that you can use that can stimulate your brain or do wild things to your body. I love all of that. And 
I'm very, very clear that a lot of it is just finding man-made ways to replicate nature. Mm. Like the sun is the ultimate red light therapy device. And I feel like way too many people are afraid of the sun. Same with the ocean. You know, if we want to go and get connected into grounding, cleansing, purification, minerals, all of that good juju, those negative ions. I mean, people are buying like grounding pads and mats and all of these different things. Like go to the beach. Mm -hmm. You will get the ultimate biohacking session for free. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that is another part of my um, excitement. My passion is to create the buzz, build the buzz around biohacking and remain very discerning and continue to remind people that nature's always there. And sometimes I think we give a little bit too much power or reverence to technology and science, forgetting that God already had that one figured out like billions mm. of years ago. And it's already there for free for everyone on the planet. Mm. That's pretty incredible. So that's exciting to me. I, I love giving back to nature through other people like hey look at that over there like isn't that amazing hey look at your breath like try that Mm. see how that can support you and then through the breath as well we start to connect more into our inner guidance we start to live more in flow states in life we connect more to our intuition our creativity our genius and spirit Mm -hmm. and I believe that activating people in their purpose through that inner guidance channel is a part of making this planet beautiful Mm -hmm. and that includes activating the people who are here to reciprocate to Gaia in ways that I can't or that I don't feel called to Mm. oh I love this beautiful bridge that got created here I'm so grateful for your share on this yeah that's so so beautiful to look at um the relationship that is already available and there And yeah, it was so funny. I was on um, my Instagram yesterday and I had a friend posting about their grounding mat and all these these things, you know, and it's beautiful. You know, everyone's on their own journey with that. And I know for sure for me and where I am that that intuition, creativity, recalibration and ability to access other perspectives and felt senses comes when I'm in the ocean or on the mountain and like that there is this real connection there that is beautiful again because it's it's an invitation for self-leadership for um you know being able to stay in my parents stay connected to what it is I'm being called to do be and go and to do that and then to receive from that place and I think for me in that journey it's really like um been this development back with mother nature of like what are the ways in my day-to-day that I am honoring of her Uh, just even in terms of like how I cook for my son or um, like how we prepare food to go out or I don't know it's just like even just smaller things you know those are the things I can do with what I've got right now and I, I definitely am really mindful in particular with my son even if we're at the park like picking up rubbish or just little things like that that we can we can do with what we have right now to honor everything that she gives us um, 
And I love your invitation for a personal exploration around that. So thank you. Mm, thank you for your reflections too. I'll just briefly add in here that maybe some of the listeners have heard the saying before, hurt people hurt people. And I actually kind of believe that that extends to hurt people hurt the earth. Mm-hmm. hurt people hurt nature I when you were talking about picking up rubbish it just reminded me of this memory that's like imprinted so deeply in my mind from childhood and I remember I was um I was like on the street and with family friends I, w- I must have been super young but someone dropped a cigarette on the ground where I was and just sort of used their boot to squish it out, you know, Mm. how people do. And I remember my family friend stopping the person and being like, Hey, that's not cool. Like, Mm. what are you doing? You're just leaving that right out there. And that lack of care and consideration for nature, for our environment, for animals, for the planet, whatever it may be, is coming, I think, oftentimes from a lack of capacity to care. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't give two bleeps because I've got bigger things to worry about, like my own issues, my own stuff. Mm -hmm. So the more that people do their own inner work and heal, the more capacity they have to actually consider how their actions affect others, including nature. Mm, I love that. Thank you for presencing that. And yeah, I feel like I feel a slight turn here, which is like the theme of the season, which is the new paradigm of leadership. And I feel like that's what we've been talking about. I would love to hear from you what your definition or felt senses on the new paradigm of leadership and what it really means for you to live that out um, with the current season you're in in your life such a big topic love that okay so my sense on the new paradigm of leadership is that we cannot expect each other to do life or our highest potentials in the same way in any area of life so leadership is not going to look the same in its highest expression around the planet as it evolves. And that diversity piece is super important. And that includes diversity of belief systems. I think more room for people to have differing viewpoints without feeling like there's conflict or division or a need to become enemies. Mm -hmm. I think the new paradigm of leadership is considerate and In the past, I feel that humanity has suffered so greatly because of a tendency toward binary thinking. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's my way or it's your way. This is right. That's wrong. It's this or it's that. We're on this side, you're on that side. It's very compartmentalized and divisive. And the new paradigm is not that it's not it's not a binary process it's inclusive it's non-linear it's recognizing that there are gray areas in everything and I think then it becomes more about asking questions and listening than it does about telling and 
being ignorant and assuming that you have all of the answers and that that you don't need to explore and figure things out together so that then brings me to the next part which is that we've had these power structures in place where there's the people in power who get to call the shots and then there's all of their agendas and the needs that they have and the things that they're trying to protect and then there's everyone else and I think the new paradigm of leadership is about more of a conversation and more collaboration. I could go on and on and on, but that's an important part. Yeah, I love that. I love what you said around the shifting from um, holding all the answers or being all-knowing into being able to be curious, inclusive, and open. And it, and I'm like, what what does it take? You know, if you really resonate or connect with those ways of leading whether it is yourself or other people or organizations um if you're a person who you know you have influence in some way shape or form in someone's life or that you're starting to become aware of your power and influence on the planet what does it take to be able to go from being all-knowing and having all the answers and needing to be right and sitting in that binary way of being to really being able to hold space for nuance and be wrong and pick up more of that listening skill set? Like, what does that look like and sound like? I guess that's a big question, but be keen to hear your take on that. What does that look like and sound like to consciously choose to shift from that older command and control into the new collaboration and nuance? Mm, I think it's already happening. And there is a rearrangement of power that's occurring. And I'm so thankful to social media actually for that, because before social media, I think it was a lot easier for people who had the resources and let's say the media right there, a phone call away Mm -hmm. to be disseminating information and telling people how it is and being more of a, a, a dictator in a way, like this is how it is. And this is what we're doing. And this is what is the new direction and the priorities and the values of our society and whatever else, you know, leadership comes in many different facets of society, but now because of social media, We cannot stop the conversation and the voices of the people are becoming louder and louder. And it doesn't take long at all now for an idea to catch on and become viral and for people to mobilize and activate their own self-leadership to enter into conversations with other leaders. So at this stage in society, right, we know that from a political standpoint, let's say, like with certain policies or issues that are really impacting people that are current events, we know that usually what happens is people rise up, the voices gather, a movement begins, and then there are certain people who kind of frontline that movement and will take it to the leaders who have the power and authority in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. I think at this stage that is still 
a clunky process and we're figuring out how to do that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's growing that that conversation has already begun and it's growing stronger and stronger. So I think in the next decade and beyond, we'll see that the people have an opinion and they can't be stopped. And with social media as well, people desire more authenticity than ever. Mm. And so they're seeing certain characters that are in positions of leadership. And that's, again, not just political. It could be someone who claims to be an expert on a certain topic. It could be your doctor. It could be people who are speaking out on certain topics, whatever. It goes on and on. Because we're now conditioning ourselves to see people day after day after day in all sorts of behind the scenes, unfiltered moments of life, we're starting to expect authenticity and that transparent Mm. communication to happen. Like anything less than that is not, it's not acceptable anymore. Mm. And so I think we'll probably see more of that in leadership at higher and higher levels that the humanity is starting to become more of an expectation. And these professional masks are, they're so fake and more people can see it now and are no longer interested in in playing this game. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that that's come through. So the, the authenticity almost being demanded in those or not demanded, but expected or anticipated now in from people in positions of power and um, influence and leadership. And I think it's such an interesting shift too, you know, to explore where you put on your own professional mask. I know for me, coming from a back to my background where I was a founder and a chief executive and sitting on a board and um, holding these professional roles where I definitely felt like I needed to um, be a certain way. Um, and the imposter syndrome that came from that as well, because it was just kind of like, where's my humanity here, you know? And also, I guess, a set of expectations, self-imposed and outside of like, actually, that is what's required. And so I'm so curious, like from your own perspective, what it has been for you to explore personal, professional, who I be here, who I be there, and what your own take on authentic leadership looks like and sounds like for you yeah it's a continual work in progress and I think it's either going to come in the form of pressure from the outside or a desire from inside for me it's a desire from inside and I'm sure for many people listening as well it will be a desire from the inside where you realize that there's value in accessing greater levels of authenticity because it does equate to freedom Mm -hmm. if who you are is who you truly are in different areas of your life then there's no there's nothing to uphold I mean putting on a mask or playing a professional role is kind of exhausting right I'm sure Mm. you felt that Mm -hmm. it's it's tiring you in the day after a day of putting on this act, even if it feels like it's a hat that you wear, it's like a role that you have. And maybe it's maybe it does still feel like a, a version of you. But when you go home and you take off that little hat and you relax for the day, I'm sure there's a sense of ah that happens where it's like 
you just get to let go of the efforting that Mm. that requires. So I feel that the more we give ourselves permission to be who we truly are, the more relaxed we are, the more we're able to connect with others from a really heartfelt, like human to human empathetic place. Mm. I think it cuts through a lot of the BS, a lot of the, um, the trust issues that occur between the consumer and the service provider and so on. I mean, you look at it, look at it on social media. You can see that this influencer culture that we're in now, it's getting old pretty quickly. Mm. It went through a cycle of being normal and common to be like sponsored by different brands and, then people just end up promoting only things that they're getting paid loads of money to promote. Mm -hmm. And then people start to catch on and then they're like, you're just telling me to do that because you get paid to do it. And maybe I don't want to trust what this person says because I don't entirely believe it. Mm -hmm. And then there's new rules being put in and on and on it goes. And I just feel to like, I know this is a big conversation, but I just feel like, People want authenticity because it equals trust. Mm -hmm. And we as leaders benefit from choosing to step into that, even if it feels uncomfortable, because it actually also is benefiting us. Like Mm -hmm. acting in a certain way can yield some results for some time, but I don't think it's stable strong foundations it's like the castle built of sand and that's why for me in my business I always prioritize authenticity and just keeping it real and I don't push sales or anything like that I just want people to feel empowered and for my offerings to be brought to the people who actually need them rather than trying to um come from a place of force Mm. and manipulation Mm -hmm. yeah I love that I love that that's so beautiful to explore how we are invited into deeper levels of authenticity and I feel the word harmony really here of like being able to find your own harmony within all the parts that you are and when there are those parts that feel uncomfortable instead of hiding them with a mask being invited to explore them in new ways within your own practice of going inward and self-healing and that own connection within your body to support what the message is that that part has for you I feel like this has been my journey for sure it's like there was definitely a level of soothing that came from Um, being able to push all those things over there and have all of these things here and my invitation over the last 12 12 months in particular has been with the word harmony how do I invite greater harmony into the whole of who I am by being authentic about the parts that make me up and instead of making them wrong or bad getting curious with how they are different or contradictory or um triggering within my own experience and going to work on that rather than projecting or masking or denying 
what I know is alive within my own experience. And I feel like for me, that's been really grounding in my own journey within this space. Um, Mm. One thing I'll just drop in here is for the listener to contemplate. There is a difference between authenticity and transparency versus how much you choose to expose and your level of privacy. And I think sometimes with social media in particular, some people get a little bit caught up or um, feel reluctant to embrace more authentic expression because they equate it with having to reveal anything and everything about themselves and their lives. Mm -hmm. And so you can surf this wave (laughs) in your own way to a degree that feels right for you. And you can be authentic and private at the same time. And that's something that is really important to me. I don't air out all of the updates of my life on the internet. I don't really talk much about my relationship. I don't live stream from my bed. I don't do things like that. There's a lot that I don't share, Mm. but I'm still authentic. Mm. I just have my sacred space. And then when I choose to show up, it's with intention and it's still me. It's just Mm. me when I'm choosing to participate in a public dialogue. Mm, Yeah. I love that distinction. You can be authentic and private. That's like a really beautiful, beautiful um, place to land with that. Um, So thank you for that share. And I've definitely noticed that too, with how you share online. It feels like so um, heartfelt when you do come on and you do share, but it's not a dear diary, which I love. Um, Exactly. Thank you for keeping dear diary for your diary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know I love that some people do that like I'm mm-hmm. about it and I tune in for certain people's dear diary moments and I'm like mm-hmm. this is fascinating and juicy and it's like a little hit of reality tv mm-hmm. <laughs> for me in a 15 second bite but it's just not my thing and that's also okay and I I think sometimes again people will be like oh I'm not ready to share that and so I'm just gonna kind of pretend it's not there or kind of split and compartmentalize myself. An analogy here to this is, let's say if a friend invites you out to a birthday and you are really busy and super tired. And instead of just telling the truth and being authentic about it, you go, oh, um, I've got this big excuse and it's really elaborate. And you go on with your spiel of your excuse because being authentic feels um, unsafe or inappropriate and so you don't want to do that but what about another way which is instead of being like oh I'm so tired and I've got this on and this on and this on and this on and giving all of this information you were private and authentic at the same time and said hey I'm not going to be able to be there I've got some things going on personally and have a great night see you Mm -hmm. next time Mm -hmm. that's still authentic Mm -hmm. So we can apply that little idea to anything. Yes, I love this. And this is the power for me, I feel, around mentorship and coaching. It's like finding those new frames of reference to be able to 
it's like I know there's something here but I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't have the language yet or um, even the courage or belief that that is possible for me you know and what I've loved about being able to experience working with different coaches and mentors is the ability to notice where those limitations come up or where that binary thinking is and to even hear just like such a practical application of that to then go and pick up and try on and see what comes from it you know so I feel like as we're kind of coming to the end of this episode there's like so many other things that we could explore and I feel like (laughs) you know another time (laughs) Um, (laughs) another time for sure But I wanted to just see if there was anything else that was on your heart or anything else that you feel called and connected to speak into as we bring the episode to a close. Yeah, yeah, actually, since you brought up renegotiating your reality, I will speak to one other piece on potential and exploring new horizons So I touched on this idea of binary thinking and a principle that I go into deeply in my book is beyond the binary, there is another possibility. So we could think of it like the third possibility that's like, there's this, and then there's this, there's yes, or there's no, but then there's something else, right? And by opening up to what else might be possible when we feel stuck or we're hitting a glass ceiling, that can really, really help to remain authentic and dissolve inner and outer conflicts. So I want to just invite all the listeners to consider that the next time you feel stuck or you're struggling to make a decision, it could be because you're only seeing a limited supply of the choices that are actually available to you. And if the choices that are being presented to you in your conscious awareness aren't appealing or acceptable and don't resonate, then you can ask the question, something like, what else am I not seeing here? Mm. Or what else might be possible? And if you can expand into that possibility-based thinking, Oftentimes, new creative solutions will reveal themselves, but it takes being willing to expand, right? There's so much more that I can go into. And maybe after I publish the book, we can dive deeper into some of these teachings. But that has really, really helped me. And I think my life is pretty unconventional. And I've made a lot of choices that seemed random. Like if you go back through my life history and it was like oh well this was going on and I was focused on that and I was living in this place and I was earning this much money if you were to predict the next step it would be probably from a very narrow range of predictable common possible outcomes or choices right but for some reason I've had it available to me wired into me I've tapped into it through my inner guidance I don't know to go hmm well what if I just did that or what if I did something different or what if I just took a risk or on and on it goes and by thinking that way 
and being willing to do the unconventional thing, you can get unconventional and extraordinary results. That's the secret. People who live an extraordinary life, they just think bigger and open up beyond the typical choice points. Mm, choice points. Yes. I love yeah. it. It's so it's so perfect. And I feel like hearing this piece around exploring the third option and then acknowledging that there is the third option with the affirmation for the body that it's safe to explore that and reaffirming when it doesn't feel safe that you can and that you have everything you need inside of you to be able to do that is so powerful and so I know that there'll be people listening that be like maybe this body stuff is new you know they're like cool maybe I've done a lot of mindset work or yes I feel a total resonance to exploring more of that third option I wonder if you felt okay guiding everyone through the awaken daily practice as we come to a close on this episode and really invite in an opportunity for people to regulate the nervous system and come into a place of uh, connection within themselves as they explore that really powerful frame that you have provided for us here at the end? I would absolutely love to. So I'll just say that if anyone's listening and driving, then you want to skip this practice. And this is one to do seated. Okay. So you want to be seated, comfortable, preferably on a bed or a couch or on the floor on a carpet is ideal. Somewhere safe and grounded. So the breathwork technique is super simple. We share this online as well for free. So you can find it on YouTube and um, on our Awaken Virtual Studio if you want to come back to it. What we're going to do is for this practice, we'll breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. And the breaths are deep and full. And we're going to breathe fully in and then immediately out. So we'll take away the pause between the inhale and the exhale, fully in and then exhale it out and then straight back in and then fully out, right? After 10 breaths, so one breath would be one. And then we'll go into 10 breaths like that. You'll exhale out on that 10th breath. And then we'll go into about 10 seconds of holding the breath after the exhale. So you'll be on that empty. You're not taking a breath in and holding it. You're fully letting go, holding your breath for about 10 seconds, emptied out. Then we'll go into 20 breaths and I'll count us through this. So no one needs to remember. And then we'll exhale out and we'll hold for about 20 seconds then we'll go into a final round where we'll do 30 breaths. We'll exhale out and we'll hold for as long as feels comfortable for you. So it might be 20 seconds. It might be 45 seconds. We're not counting at this point. We're really just starting to focus on feeling. And then in this breath hold, in this feeling space, it's really not about doing anything except for connecting into the body. And then you'll get that impulse to breathe. We're like, mm -mm, okay. I need to take a breath. And at that point, you're going to gently allow the breath again to flow in through your nose, 
and then you can release it out through your nose or mouth, whatever feels best. And keeping your focus inward at that point, we're going to ask the question, what does my inner guidance want me to know right now? So this is your opportunity to start to explore your intuition and your intuition can come through as images in your mind's eye. It could be a thought that you think that you kind of hear. Um, it could be sensations in the body. It could just be like a comfortable sense of peace that you feel. So I want you to remain open and curious as we go through this. There's really no right or wrong. Some people will feel emotions and that's okay too, because you're connecting to yourself and we are feeling beings. All right, are we ready? Yeah, okay, perfect. So you can close down your eyes if you feel comfortable too. And um, if that doesn't feel safe, then you can always find a spot close to the floor to just land your gaze. And then you can close down your eyes if you are doing that. And we're going to focus on feeling sensations in the body for a moment. Just noticing what sensations are present. We're not looking for good or bad or right or wrong. Just being with whatever is here. And in a moment, we'll begin our breaths going deeply in through the nose and out through the mouth. So just letting your body know, all right, I'm about to go into some breath work and I'm safe. And let's just try this. Let's try something new. So let's go for the breath in three, two, one. One, two, three, four, that's it, five, six, seven, eight, nine, big breath in, fully out and holding for 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. Let's go for our breath. One, two, Breathe. That's it. So as you breathe, honoring your pace, the depth, the rhythm here that is showing up in your body. That's it. And we're at seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 
14. Keep it up. 15. 16. 17. 18. 19. Last big breath of this round. Exhale it out. Hold for 20. 19. 18. 17. 16. 15. 14. 13. 12. 11. 10. 9. 8. 7. 6. 5. 4. 3. Two and one final round, 30 breaths. One, two, three, four, five. That's it. And you may notice that your breath is speeding up slightly. That's natural. Keep honoring the pace that you're flowing at. And we're at nine, keep going. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, over halfway. That's it, doing really well. 20, 10 more breaths to go. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. 27, slowing it down a little bit for these last few. One more big breath in, let it go. Hold your breath now. No counting this time. And this is your opportunity to explore this moment for what it is. feeling sensations, as well as maybe just the simple stillness of the breath being suspended. And then you may come to a point where you feel a little impulse to breathe. And whenever that arises, you honor that and you can start to breathe through your nose. Slow, gentle, deep breaths. And with your focus inward, asking yourself, what does my inner guidance want me to know right now? What does my inner guidance want me to know right now?
allowing the language of your intuition in this moment to communicate with you. And sometimes it's that first little nudge from within that we feel and then the mind comes in and we go, oh, no, that's not it. But maybe it is it. So we'll ask this question one more time. What does my inner guidance want me to know right now? And then when you're ready, you can eyes still closed or gazing toward the floor, start to expand your awareness to feel sensations and become aware of the feeling of where your body meets the surface underneath you, space that you're in. Maybe there's sounds in your environment or a feeling of the temperature. And you can open your eyes and have a little look around your space. Notice how you feel and bring yourself fully into this new moment. It's like an instant like, like everything is truly okay. And just, yeah, thank you so much for sharing the practice with us. And if this wasn't something that you could do right in this moment, my invitation is to come back to this uh, later today, set a little reminder on your phone or um, let someone know that this is a practice that you want to try and even send them the link as well or pop it in the show notes. Perhaps you could practice with a friend later, but I just want to say thank you so much, Hella, for coming on and sharing so openly the articulations of your heart and for sharing so much wisdom, so much um, experience and so much insight with everyone listening. Um, it's such a privilege to be able to learn and grow together. And I feel so grateful for this season where um, breathwork has arrived. <laughs> yes, <And laughs> it like has arrived. People safety. are hearing about it and doing it. Absolutely. And the safety for me, it's really the safety that becomes possible within the body. Um, and just so grateful for that. So for everyone that's listening, I will leave um, the Awaken Daily Practice in the show notes. If people want to connect with you, Hella, what's the best way for them to do that? Best way is probably Instagram. You can find Lucas, my partner, and I on Awaken Breathwork. That's on Instagram at Awaken Breathwork. Or you can find me. My Instagram is probably linked, I'm sure, as a part of this yeah. podcast. Hella yeah. underscore Weston, Hella with an E. And that's where I hang out mostly online is Instagram. And then we've got our Awaken Virtual Studio, which is a really great place for people to explore a little bit more about the breath work. And then we've got our beautiful facilitators like you who are in preparation to launch out into the world, which is going to be such an utter game changer for all mm -hmm. of us, right? To have more, as you said, 
it's not just safety that's ignited in the individuals, but it's safe facilitation that's so important to us to create. Like it starts with a safe facilitator and then we have people who are able to have a safe experience of breath work to access more safety in their lives. It is all so connected. So I'm very, very grateful for you. And like you said, to grow together and be on this journey of such enthusiastic discovery and service to others. Yes. Yes. I love it so much. Thank you so much. It's been such a privilege and an honor having you here. And um, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. If something has resonated, something has connected or you felt like a a sensation in your body listening to something that's been shared the invitation is to grab a journal and just reflect on that and get curious with that um, beautiful invitation beyond the binary of yes no this or that x or y to explore what else might be possible here for me um, and I'm so excited about this book Woohoo! Um, do we know when that's coming out or is that in the in-between yeah, it's a whole process. The book has a mind of its own. So mm-hmm. we'll see. It's nearly finished. And then there's the whole publishing process to go through. So watch the space. Yes, absolutely. All right. That's it for this episode, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. that's it for this episode thank you so much for tuning in i want to invite you to stop what you're doing right now and really reflect on what's landed for you in this episode what was your aha moment write that down and turn it into an actionable goal for you to shift your reality inspiration without action leaves you where you were before this episode so gift yourself this moment for change if you've enjoyed the episode please review the podcast it really helps us grow the reach Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram at the underscore Gemma underscore Rose. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.